What's up? Hi, everyone. Long time no talk. Yes, I'm cracking open a bottle of wine. Because we're so happy to be doing this again. Something. I think we stopped. Our last episode was the last Sunday of March, yeah, and we took March April too. and May off. How's everyone living through quarantine? I think it's fine. I do too. Yeah. I'm I'm very much so a homebody. Like not a lot changed for me having to stay home except for working from home. I work at a hospital. So Amanda's so... seen some shit. Well, the only thing I saw was thank you. You're welcome. Drinking dandelion, by the way. Cottage core. The only thing I saw was the equivalent of paying people to dig holes during the Great Depression, which was having random staff fill up door times mm-hmm. uh, to make up hours, standing at the doors, taking temperatures of people coming in. You know what? And that's so weird you say that because I was on Indeed because every so often I just kind of look to see if maybe there's like a different job that I may want to go to, a better one than mine, although I, I do like my job. <clears throat> and there are literally companies that have positions temperature checker now yeah. where they're hiring people to literally just come in and check everyone's oh, temperature. <laughs> it's awful. It's terrible. It's like we have, we have a main entrance. And then you have, like, everybody in the world trying to bring their mom, their brother in with them and tell them they can't. Yeah. Or they come in not wearing a mask, and my hospital's, like, trying to preserve masks. Right, and, so they don't want to give people... Right, and then, or, I think my favorite was doing the dock uh, door, which just took deliveries, yeah. so I just sat there all day in my pet cemetery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you had the ambulance door, which is, like... You know, that one's okay because you get, like, the EMTs that come in, and mm-hmm. chances are when the patient comes in, they're pretty, like, okay. The worst door, and mind you, I'm not getting paid hazard pay to do this. The worst yeah. door was doing the ER front doors because people would come in throwing up, coughing on you, like, I'm like, why would Sick I- with anything other than COVID, right. too. Like, like, I'm like, <laughs> why would I sit here and do ER doors when I had the choice to do the doctor, you know? Right. And then eventually we started picking up again, so it was fine. You got to go back to normal. Yeah, but it was awful. You can cut all that out if you want to. I think that was lengthy and long. That's okay. And pointless. It's fine. I had to, I mean, I think everybody's, I feel very fortunate, and I'm sure you do too, to like still have had a job through all of this. And, you know, I I like doing what I do, and I feel really great about being able to work from home. I love being able to just like wake (laughs) wake up and not wear pants and go right to work. But I had to, I work in banking, and... You know what the SBA loans are, the small business loans that the government yeah. said, like, we have up to $350 billion that we can let lenders give to these small businesses to keep them from shutting down. So I ended up getting moved from my actual job in auto lending to help with those. And that was three weeks of absolute, like, hell. Oh no, God. we didn't know what we were doing. Everyone yeah. was winging it. Stuff was getting messed up all the time. You obviously weren't trained. I'm sure people, None of us were. We didn't know what to do. I'm sure people at, like, the unemployment centers, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even know. Yeah. So if you're struggling with financial institutions of any kind, whether that be welfare, unemployment, your bank, please be patient because a lot of stuff is getting messed up for us. Oh, for sure. Because we had 37 thousand loans that we had to get through and when I tell you there was only a hundred people working on that and they weren't all processing the loans well yeah (laughs) yeah like no one was really prepared for this yeah at all no but anyways moving on from 
quarantine talk. Ashley and I are going to tank our wine glasses. Not the coconut cups today, so it'll sound better. A little bit better. <laughs> Sounds like my wine glasses are cheap. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I know. Oh Isn't my God, it it's so, so good? good. Wow. Get dandelion wine, everybody. I got it from the, Bi- the Breitenbach Winery. Delicious. In, Sugar- in Sugar Creek, Ohio. Yes. Also goes to the giant cuckoo clock. It's the world's largest. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. I've been to the Black Forest and saw some pretty big-ass cuckoo clocks. The big ones, the biggest ones here in Ohio? That's crazy. Yeah. It's like the size of a small house. (gasps) Okay, field trip. (laughs) It's only 50 minutes away. It's pretty nice. Wow. All right. Anyways, take away with your topic, Ashley. So off of the uh, morbid topic of quarantine and onto the morbid topic of politician suicide. So... I'm going to shout him out even though he doesn't listen to it, but my boyfriend actually recommended this story to me. I was talking to him before we shut down for quarantine, and he said, you should really do the story of Bud Dwyer. And I was like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) And he said that he saw the video on one of those, like, gore sites that they have, like, you can't tell if they're real videos or fake videos, and it's just, like, really horrendous, Mm -hmm. awful things. He saw it in middle school, I think, and it turned out to be a true story, and it just stuck with him. Like, watch people die and... Yeah, watch people die or get, like, severely hurt or, like, a a lot of people will put the decapitation videos up on there. Mm -hmm. So I started, I found a podcast I listened to, I could only find one podcast that I really enjoyed listening to on the story, and that was the Time Suck uh, episode on this, which was excellent. Go listen to it. Time Suck? Time Suck. That's the name of the podcast. Time Suck by Dan Cummins, I think is his name, and it's, he's hilarious. I love that name. (laughs) Yeah, Time Suck. And his, he's just so funny. But he did a very thorough podcast on this. I got a lot of information from it. I'm riffing because I didn't actually do notes on this because I have listened to and read the story so much that I I know it, it's pretty straightforward. It's not one of those mysteries right. where you don't know what happened. It's very cut and dry, but it's it's very interesting, and I think it'll lead to a pretty good discussion. Okay. Bud Dwyer was born in, I believe, Pennsylvania. I know he ended up in Pennsylvania. And there wasn't a whole lot of information that I could find on his, like, young life. He went to school for political science. You know, when he got out of high school, he went to college for political science, graduated with it, and became a teacher for a while and taught history. Then he went to Poland, and everything kind of changed. He saw the Communist Party and how it operated in Poland, and it just disgusted him. He was very patriotic. He was already interested in politics, was already considering it. He was a Republican. And when he came back from Poland, he was like, I can't just stand by and let my country possibly fall into this. So he became representative in the 80s, built his way up. He got voted. He was really popular, got voted into a bunch of different seats, and then eventually became treasurer of state for Pennsylvania. And that's when this story really starts. He was a very honorable man. People really trusted him, and he was starting to notice that there were politicians in Pennsylvania that were not. He saw the corruption happening, and he he called them out on it, specifically the governor of Pennsylvania. He was using state money for, like, personal vacations, was taking his wife on political trips, which is okay, but it has to come out of their pocket, and it was coming out of the state's pocket. And he wasn't out to get this guy, but he was saying, you know what, I'm doing these numbers and this this isn't right. Like, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. So he calls the guy out on it. And from there, it was all downhill. At that point, he was kind of like blacklisted, mm-hmm. I guess, by the other politicians within the state of Pennsylvania and surrounding areas because they 
they were calling him a rat. Well, well that's like that's yeah. like what they all do. That's what they all did. There's no like, oh yes, we're in it for the people, but they yeah. all, you know, take advantage of their positions and when someone's ready to call them out on it, that's right. you know, it's like well, we have the power to make sure you win or lose. Right. Basically. Well it it was even worse than that for Dwyer. Something was happening even before Dwyer got into office, something was um, happening within the state of Pennsylvania where taxpayers actually overpaid on some of their tax up to, I think it was a couple million dollars taxpayers had overpaid. And he found this and he was obviously the treasurer, so he had to take care of it. So he contracted a third party company to audit and find out exactly how much needed to be repaid and work out a way to repay it to them. He contracted a company that I believe was California based and it was Great deal. Everything looked like it was going to check out. It was small business. But there's belief that they were possibly paid off by the other representatives because it came out that Dwyer had bribed them to do the work and to find less money owed to the tax. Exactly. It's all convoluted. And that's I'm not going to go too much into that because I don't want to misspeak on what may have possibly happened. I'm not a political person, but just know that these politicians were found out by Dwyer to be misusing taxpayers' money, and then suddenly there's this ordeal that he has to handle in paying back taxpayers, and somehow he's then bribing companies to handle it for him. So he gets in trouble for this. He, like, legal trouble is going to trial for this. And he, and he basically hasn't done anything wrong at this no, point. No, not that they can actually prove it's all hearsay. The company... Right. Yeah, it's just really bad. So he was about 47 years old when he was facing this trial. It went on for a while. He said, I'm innocent. Didn't happen. Didn't do it. Uh, He was facing, I believe, like $300,000 in fines and really, really long jail time. I know you guys have probably seen a lot of politicians recently go to jail for their sentences are huge for tax evasion and all that kind of stuff. But then you also have some politicians that have clearly done bad things. And, and they get away with it. <laughs> yeah, and like nothing comes of it. Yes, but they were sticking this guy between a rock and a hard place. His family was going to lose everything. He had two kids and a wife. He was very, very afraid of what was going to happen. They were going to lose, you know, his benefits, his life insurance, all that good stuff. I would never want to be married to a politician. No, I feel you're about to either, feel real bad for this. Either they're successful and they're corrupted or they're... A decent person. And they risk getting killed or incarcerated wrongfully. Right. Mm -hmm. For doing what they should be doing as a politician. Exactly. Dwyer was, like I said, he was a patriot. And he saw this corruption within Pennsylvania. And it reminded him of Poland and seeing that communist mentality. Mm -hmm. And it it scared him. And he just wanted to do... He, from a young age, wanted to do right by his country. And that's what he was doing. And he couldn't prove his innocence. Like, there was no... They had... The company that was supposed to be doing the audit for the taxpayers' money backed up the story that they that he had bribed them. So, which obviously means that those other those other politicians bribed them to claim that exactly. Ugh. Yeah, and it was it's interesting to me that he even went to trial for this because I remember in Time Suck he, he talks about how everybody knew that governor was like out to get him after. Dwyer had outed him for using taxpayers' money. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand how, I guess I'm not in politics, so maybe that's why I don't understand it, but, like, how you can know that somebody has oh, it's, a grudge for someone 
and still believe it when they try to point fingers at someone who's never done anything well, wrong. Well, I think it's like, yes, the population could have seen this, but that's like what the media decided to cover. Mm-hmm. And also the whole bystander effect. I feel like a lot of people don't want to admit that the system is as corrupted as it is. Yeah. So they just act like it's not happening. I think even Dwyer kind of lived in that fantasy. Like, I think until we get to the 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 true crime portion of this as if we weren't there already. But he, I think he started to see in the end that there was nothing he could do to change it. And he, he kind of felt hopeless. So the trial finally reaches an end and it really looks like no matter what, he's going to get nailed with this. Like he, Mm -hmm. there's no way out of it. People were expecting him to resign. It's the night before like, the sentencing, the actual end of the trial will be delivered whether or not they find him guilty. And he goes to this press conference, and here everybody is expecting a resignation. He starts talking about the corruption. He starts talking about how there's really no hope if, you know, this sort of thing doesn't change and get weeded out. He picks up an envelope. He starts handing letters to people. They're like, okay, this is it. You know, he's resigning. He hands someone a letter for his wife, a couple other personal people that weren't there, Oh, like goodbye letters? Well, they didn't know that at the time. Oh. So I'm going to pull up. I actually have the video. Oh, yeah. So explain to them what the video is. Yes. So what happened is this press conference was live coverage, as a lot of press conferences are today. And it was being shot by a bunch of different news stations. Everybody was there. They wanted to get this. This was the hot scoop of the time that he was going to be bagged for this. And this is in Pennsylvania. Yes. Like, it's very, like, local state Very business. local. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's state treasurer of Pennsylvania. They all think he's about to resign because he's about to go to jail for a really long time. So everybody's there. He's passing out these letters. Everybody's like, this is it. He's going to say, I'm stepping down. And then they catch the unbelievable on camera. And this was live so it happened in real time and and you really only have like what's it like a 3 second gap of airtime yes yeah. and some news most news stations did take out the horrific part of it you didn't see it you didn't even hear it um and then they just they switched to a reporter and the reporter filled in the bits but there were some news stations that showed the whole thing paused it at a specific point where I'll tell you what happens you'll see what happens and they let the sound keep going so you could hear the aftermath well yeah they figured just cut the feed, just cut the feed. Like, that's yeah. that's the important thing right now is just, like... Don't let them see, but let them hear. Well, not not even on purpose to let them hear, because I'm sure if they could have cut it totally, they would have. Yeah. You know, you're scrambling, you're like, where's the red button at? Right. I never thought I'd have to do this before. Right. And, like, you know, and this is the 80s, so it's definitely not nearly as... Right. As on time as what we have now and even I mean I don't know how often people watch the news but news stations are not with it right now anyway so Ashley's gonna show me this video um and I will try to find the I think I can convert the audio and stick the audio in the podcast too so you can kind of hear what's happening it's hard to find the full video I had to do a lot of digging most of the time you cannot it cuts off and you don't actually see the gruesome result but I did find this and I can link it when we post this episode, but just be warned, you see everything. Right. That's what I'm going to say. Like, I think it's a good time to establish, like, a not safe for work kind of, like... It, yes. Do not watch this at work. Like, like, like trigger warning kind of thing. Like, don't open in front of children. Like, it's not... Because Ashley's going to show me it, and I'm going to react to it, like, to you guys. Real time. She's never yeah. seen this video before. Yeah, I'm going to turn it down, and I want to try to... Here we go. Okay. 
Are those the letters he's passing out? Yeah, so here he's passing out his letters. He looks so calm. And that was so, that's why ever, nobody saw Yeah, he this looks coming. so like business, like, okay, you, this one's for you, you get this yep. one, like, you know, business as usual, kind yep. of. That's why everyone thought it was a resignation. But he knew the whole time, he's like... He knew exactly. Oh. Oh. I've, it's crazy what people do when they're in shock, you know. Oh my god. Oh my god. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's noticing. Here they're telling him to stop. Saying stop, stop. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. That's a lot of blood. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a lot of blood. And this, like, was on air. Because no one knew this was coming. Oh, my God. So I think what happened is they saw him pull that gun out. For those of you listening, he is passing out these letters that I told you about. And then all of a sudden he picks up a, a brown paper bag and he pulls a handgun out. And people... Well, it's more of like an envelope. Like <laughs> yeah, a, like a, like a big envelope. manila envelope. Yeah. yeah. And he pulls out the gun. People eventually start to notice and they start, sh like, shouting at him, like, no, please. Well, they probably thought he was going to start shooting people. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you heard it, but in there he says, like, please calm down. This could hurt someone. Like, please calm down. Everything's fine. And then he puts the gun in his mouth and he shoots himself. In front of the whole press room. Oh, my God. And, like, that's... I've never seen anyone kill themselves before. I, I, it's... Like, I've never seen anyone shoot themselves yeah. before. And, and that's real. It's, like it, It's <laughs> crazy how, how quick it is. And it's over. In a second, his whole life was over. I don't know how any, like... This, all those people were probably in shock. They are like, I cannot believe that just happened. I can't imagine how many of them, like, were never the same again. Like, maybe left their career, had to go to therapy, maybe struggled with, like, drug addiction because they didn't know how else to deal with that. That's horrific. And it... I want to say he did it for himself because he felt he had no way out, but I don't think that's why he did it. I think it was one... I think it was a statement. I do. I think ultimately it was a huge statement about the corruption within the political system, how there was truly no way out of it. You were either a it, corrupt politician or, or you out. were dead. Yeah, you're either in or out. He didn't want to face time for something he didn't do. He didn't want his family to have to deal with that shame. And so he killed himself. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he got threats you know we'll kill your family we'll do that if you yeah. don't drop out whatever right and i can't imagine what he was dealing with behind the scenes because obviously this whole thing was a corrupt inside job like he clearly i can't 100 percent say obviously he didn't bribe those people i wasn't there I, I don't know but i mean based on his track record and the fact that he had already pissed off the governor of pennsylvania by calling him out right I don't know. It's sad. I'm still dumbfounded by, like, I work in vascular surgery, mm -hmm. so, like, everything's very controlled. Like, my doctor knows what he's doing. So, mm -hmm. there's this thing we, like, call bloodletting. Yeah. So, we make sure, like, if we're doing something with a vein or an artery, we make sure it still has good flow. So, we bloodlet. We open it, let it flow for a second. So, whatever. it doesn't explode. <laughs> so, right. So, I've seen, or to make sure there's, like, no air in the veins or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, I've seen blood rush like that. Mm -hmm. But I've never seen blood rush like, like, it was... All out of his nose. Yeah. I've never seen blood rush like that outside of a controlled situation. Right. It. I mean, that was, you watched, I mean, it was a murder. He murdered himself. Like, that, I cannot imagine 
And I wonder, I haven't read into it, I wonder if that worked. I wonder if his statement was heard and if people, I mean, people are still talking about this today. I've never heard about it. I didn't until Quinn said something. But then I thought, I was like, you know what, maybe I've seen a gif of this guy, like, I, f- I felt like I had seen, because here's the picture, I felt Anyways, like I had seen this picture before. I think I've seen the picture before, too. But I just, I hope that it didn't fall on deaf ears, him doing this, because I do think that oh, he did it for a reason. I'm sure he did it for a reason, but I'm also sure it fell on deaf ears. And that's sad, because he, one, shouldn't have felt he needed to kill himself. That's really right. sad that, I mean, well, this how? really successful man with a family was taken down to that. The whole Epstein thing got covered up in a week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This has been going on for a long time. The government has the money to make people want to kill themselves or to frame people killing themselves. They have enough money to cover it up and keep it from being in the media. Yeah. That's true. It's just unfortunate. And when I finally did read this story and saw it, I couldn't believe it. And I... For anybody that's going to call me out for hunting down this video and wanting to see this video in full, because as you'll find out if you search it yourself, most of the videos get cut off and you don't actually see yeah. him do it. It's not It's not me being a freak. It's not me it's being crazy. <laughs> and education purposes. And even if it's, even if I was just doing it for my own personal benefit to understand the story, that's what he wanted. He wanted people to see it. If he didn't, he yeah. would have done it behind closed doors. I'm not, yes. I, I'm, this is not me disrespecting a dead man. This is me looking at quite literally a piece of recorded history. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. I feel like more of that stuff should be brought to light. But, you know, Mitch and I had a conversation a while ago about how, like, he said something about, like, you know, I wonder what would happen if the world actually had people with, like, superpowers. Yeah. And I was like, I guarantee they would use them for evil. Because yeah. in our world today, in our reality we have today, Money is a superpower. It is. You can do anything if you have enough money. Yep. To people like Elon Musk and people who are billionaires, a million dollars... Is like a $5 bill for us. Even like $50 million. Yeah. Is like a sneeze to them. Yeah. A sneeze to them. They could fix Detroit's water problem without even thinking about it. Yeah. They could fix world hunger without even thinking about it. Yeah. But they refuse to because they choose not to be the superheroes that we need. They choose to be evil with it. Yes. And that's sadly the reality that we live in. Right. And you know what? It's easy to say like, well, flight and super strength is way different than money. It's not. It's not. It's just about power. Power is power. That's it. Yeah, you did you ever see that movie? It's called like Chronicle. And yeah, it's about those three friends who get like telekinesis. Yes, and the one who is getting like abused by his dad and everybody hates him, or whatever, becomes a supervillain. He calls mm-hmm. himself "I am the Apex Predator now." Yeah, and that's what he wanted, and that's because that's instinctual. Yeah, in human beings, it's you have to learn to be something other than that. You have to learn to be, and that's what culture is supposed to do. It's supposed to teach you how to be something more than just your primal instinct yeah to be the most powerful creature but once you have it I mean I've even had moments where I could feel certain things getting to my head like Mm -hmm. responsibilities or like notoriety I could feel that going to my head in a small context so I can see someone like Elon Musk (laughs) being like I have all the money in the world or what's that guy's name Amazon what's his name Amazon Jeff Bezos oh yeah I could see them being like well, I don't care about the rest of the world. I'm going to make sure that when the world finally ends, I have everything that I need. Right. And that's why their money is not spent on the rest of the world. I, yes, exactly. And, like, I think I think there's beauty 
this is gonna sound awful, but I think there's beauty in human suffering. Mm-hmm. I feel like when two people are on the same playing field of like understanding their own mortality, yes, there's a beauty to it. There's a beauty of understanding like there is an end, and we all we have now is each other. Right. And the Holocaust it would be a perfect example of that. Like you know, people who were in those camps together, they became closer than anybody I could imagine would ever be close before. Yeah. Because that's all you had was each other, and you knew you guys were gonna die. Yep. But you're telling. But the thing about power is that if they gave one guy, they said, "Hey, I'm giving you the chance now. You can either feed these people for a week, or you can go home to your family. Which one are you gonna choose?" They're gonna choose the one that benefits them. them ultimately. Yeah. Like if I only feed my camp for a week, that we're still all gonna die together. But at least on the other end, I get to live. Yeah. You know, screw these. Yeah. Screw these other people. Right. Basically. Right. No, I agree with you. Like, even to correlate it with, uh, like, current events, this quarantine and the struggle that literally the whole world is going through right now, I have seen, like, when it all first started, I, I've seen, I'm seeing less of it now, and I can tell that the world's kind of trying to go back to quote-unquote normal, mm-hmm. but when it all first started, I my desk is in my, my living room by my front windows, and I would leave my windows open, especially when it's nice, because it's springtime now, and I would see my neighborhood, like, out playing obviously, because nobody else had anything to do. But I remember one day, a woman came out, she parks her car in front of my apartment, she lives in the apartment across the street, but the you have to park on my side. And she came out to her car, and she got in, and she started playing her music, you know, real loud. And I looked out, and she was dancing and singing, she had her sunroof open, her windows down, she was going at it, she was singing like Bruno Mars, like all the fun, like club songs. And a man walked by, and he was like, hope you're having a nice day because he saw her dancing and she said I am it's my birthday and that man went and stood in the street next to her car and started dancing and singing with her to the songs to celebrate with her for her birthday that would not happen unless this was going on unless we were all dealing with something literally the worst thing that's ever happened there's beauty in human suffering exactly (laughs) I went to my birthday was Tuesday happy belated birthday and um I, me and my friends, we, um, well, my other nurse friend, I mean, I'm going to shit for like, oh, yeah, social distancing, whatever. <laughs> we went to Sammy's, mm-hmm. and I was just buying some beer because we were, you know, hanging out. She saw that it was almost her birthday. She goes, oh my gosh, happy early birthday. And, and I said, oh, you know, thanks. She goes, what are you going to do? And I'm like, you know, nothing. What else can I do? And she goes, oh, maybe just get a bottle of what we have and sit at home. And then the woman behind me in line was like, happy early birthday. And like... I did not, that would not have happened. Never, that never. That would not have happened unless they were, there's nothing, there's really nothing else for those people to look forward to. Right. Except for a stranger's birthday coming to up. To celebrate with them because there's nothing else going on. You can't be wrapped up in yourself right now because you're literally not allowed. You're not allowed to, to be self-absorbed right now. Right. I didn't care. I didn't expect <laughs> to celebrate my birthday at all this year. Right. And I literally don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? Because there's other things to worry about. Right. But it is, it, I mean... Nobody come for Amanda because she's absolutely right. There's beauty in suffering and what's going on. We're not saying things like the Holocaust are beautiful. We're not saying things like thousands of people dying from from COVID-19 are beautiful. But what happens to people when they have to deal with hard things is beautiful. That's a good thing. There's an experience that you would have never had unless something bad were to have happened. Exactly. You You can be a good person without it, but... There is a unity in people going through things together. Yeah. There is. Yes. A bone is stronger when you break it. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
What an amazing conversation. <laughs> I knew, and that's kind of why I didn't make this super analytical and super to the point about, you know, what happened and how he got all muddied up because ultimately, like, I wanted to talk about why he did it because that was a much bigger deal. I mean, that, that was the whole point of the story, and that's why I think he did it because he wanted people to have these conversations. Right. I'm totally convinced. Like, I will still go out and vote. Cause I'm oh, sure, yes. And I'm that's... Sure, like, I think, you know... You know, one raindrop cannot cause a flood, but the hundreds of billions of mm-hmm. them can. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as I put the vote in, it could right. count towards something. And ultimately, you know, c- conspiracy theorists, people are like, oh, your vote doesn't matter. So what if it doesn't? At least I made an attempt. Right. You know? At least I tried. Voting is very important. You it, should do it. Even right. if you feel it doesn't make a difference, you can say that you tried. Please educate yourself before you vote. Don't just vote based off what somebody tells you or off a tweet. Yes. I I look up each candidate for I do the same thing. I I do the same thing. And I do it for like local elections too. Like on the topics, I'll research. Because if I don't know it, I don't want to vote on it. I don't want to just make like some educated guess. There are a couple times I like for my own like states, you know, treasury, Mm -hmm. things like that. Like uh, local judge. Governor, thing like that. Mm Mm-hmm. I voted, I'm typically Democratic, but I voted Republican before. There was a Republican um, who wanted to be governor, I think, and um, wanted to legalize marijuana. Mm-hmm. He was Republican, and I was like... You know, he's got the right oh, idea. I like sure that. no one's advertising that, you know? They, yeah. People are just going to vote against him simply because he's, he's Republican. Republican. And you yeah. shouldn't, not, not saying you shouldn't have a party that you like and subscribe to. If you do, that's 100% okay. But don't be closed-minded in thinking that... That's the only people you can vote for. Exactly. Educate yourself, take a lesson from Bud Dwyer, and understand that there is corruption, it should be stopped, and then maybe his suicide won't be 100% for nothing. I think it serves purpose, and more people should know about it. I agree. I'm sure he's not the only politician that's done something similar to this in the past. I'm sure. But it gets covered up, because... Like, even, like, Martin Luther King. Exactly. Like, who killed him. Right. You know? Right. But we we, ha- we give him a day out of the year that we get school off. Right. That's all. That's it. Right. But, like, someone like Bud Dwyer, like, people don't know, even know who that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, that was kind of a heavy topic. Very true crime, in my opinion. If you disagree, I'm sorry, but I think this was very fitting. More information can be found on that Time Suck podcast. It's excellent. Way better than my information. It's very in-depth. It's very funny. And, like I said, I'll put the link to where I found the full video, but just know it comes with a major warning. It shows the whole thing, and it's very graphic. Right. Uh, do you want to put our plugs? Yes. So we are on a lot of stuff now. We are on Twitter at CITC Podcasts. Whoever has um, CITC Podcast, get rid of it because I want it. I don't want the plural. Um, what the heck? Who the heck has I CITC Podcast? I know. It makes me so upset. Did you look it up? I did. It doesn't look like they've posted anything. So that's why I'm saying give it up. <laughs> give it to me. Crime in the Coconut is too long for Twitter. So that's why it's not Crime in the Coconut. Um, we're on Instagram at Crime in the Coconut. Our Gmail is Crime in the Coconut at gmail.com. Um, we don't have a Facebook page. Instagram. I already did Instagram. Oh, you can follow us on our personal Instagrams. Mine is Ashley Deering Official. Oh, fuck. What's mine? Oh, mine's uh, That Dorky Girl. I just changed it recently. Yes. I also have a... Oh, your art Instagram. You have an art Instagram, too. That's my Ashley Daring official. My other one's private. I don't want them to follow that Uh, one. (laughs) My art Instagram is uh, foodog, F-O-O-D-O-G. 
um, dot something. Can you cut that part out? <laughs> yes, I can. Um, I will make sure to put all of like those handles in the notes too, so people can follow them. Um, I'm trying to think if we have any more. I don't think we have any more social media for the podcast. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. We're Anchor-based. We are Podbean-based, but I'm trying to get everything switched to Anchor because I like their analytics better. We're on iHeartRadio, too. We're on iHeartRadio, yeah, which is, um, according to all their commercials, number one for podcast hosting. So I'm sure a lot of you... I try to look at our analytics on um, Anchor because it shows you where everybody listens. And I think, actually, iTunes is our most listened-to platform. I'm surprised. I know. Shout-out to all those iTunes listeners. But what are you doing? Leave leave us some reviews. (laughs) Give us some, <laughs> some rates and reviews because there's not that many out there. So, yeah, that's where you can find us. Um, thanks for sticking around. If you're tuning in after our two-month break, we really appreciate you. Yes, I love you. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.